You're listening to the Good Food for Glasgow podcast. This is part two of a podcast version of our tour of Glasgow's East End for Glasgow Doors Open Day. You can listen to all the stops as part of a walk-along route on guide which is linked in the description. Or keep listening for our interviews with Catherine LeMay at Green City Whole Foods and Anna from Chelentano's. So for the next stop on our walking tour, we're at Green City Whole Foods and I'm joined by Catherine. Catherine, could you please introduce yourself, say a little about what you do at Green City Whole Foods and for anyone that doesn't know, just say what Green City Whole Foods is. Hi there, my name is Catherine LeMay. My official title is Business Development, which is also known as a sales rep for Green City Whole Foods, which is a workers' cooperative based in the east end of Glasgow and Deniston. We're tucked away down in a little corner opposite Hag Hill called Fleming Street. Now, Green City Whole Foods is primarily a wholesaler. We like to call ourselves an ethical wholesaler, which means that we try our hardest to make sure that all the foods and drinks and so on that we supply have been ethically sourced where possible. Ultimately, we are a vegetarian wholesaler. We've never dealt with meat. Um, we do use some animal byproducts, organic eggs, organic cheese, and so on but I think about 95% of our stock is vegan which is growing in popularity steadily. We are a workers cooperative in the truest sense of the word meaning that we are owned and controlled by the workers of which there are 52. Basically that means it's a non-hierarchical structure There's no bosses, there's no shareholders. Everyone that works in Green City has a say in how the business runs. We're all involved in decision making. We're all paid exactly the same amount. And if there occasionally are profits to be made, we share them out equally. And no matter who, what job a person does, be that the cleaner, the driver, the accounts manager, everyone gets paid the same and we're all equally valued and their opinions are all taken into account which is as wonderful as it sounds. <laughs> Although it can be difficult to manage 52 different opinions, but for the most part, it is as radical as it may seem. It is a fantastic business model. As business development, I look after the customers. There are four people in my department and I look after the Glasgow customers. I look after their accounts and also just visit them on a regular basis, see how things are going and introduce them to any new products that we may have. I also look after the social media for Green City and I look after the donations part of Green City, which is something that we do on a monthly basis we make quite a sizable donation to a community group or a charity and that isn't possibly the easiest part of my job is contacting people to see if they would like some free food drink or cleaning products and the answer is 100% yes so here you have our wonderful sales team busily taking orders for the day then you're going to walk past the kitchen on the right hand side where we do our communal dining you can hear it is Tea breaks, you can hear some people chatting, but yeah, they're having a chat, so we're not listening on that, but they sound very busy. So here you have the kitchen during COVID, the kitchen actually closed down because prior to that we did breakfast and lunch together every day, which was an absolute massive perk of working in a green city. Our lovely chef Joe used to cook vegetarian breakfast and a vegetarian lunch every day and you could dip in and out whenever time suited the drivers would be away and so they could come in and have their lunch when they got back from the deliveries and so on and the warehouse team would always be queuing up for breakfast because they started at 7 and food was served at 10 so they're all starving. Sadly since Covid we haven't really got that up and running again but quite a number of people at Green City are very keen to get that up and running so, so that's the kitchen. It's quiet at the moment but hopefully it'll be a lot more hustle and bustle. 
we're coming into the meeting room mm-hmm. where we have our democratic meetings. People are fairly vocal at Green City and they like to have their opinion heard. So every three months we have a quarterly meeting and we'll all meet here and we'll have things on the agenda for discussion. People can put forward motions if they want to discuss or change something for themselves. It is chaired by three people who will take notes and everything is minuted. It's all very official and we'll have lots of votes about what's going to happen for the future of Green City policy. New hires, people who've come and joined and done probation and so on. It's all voted on. Got some lovely plants in the corner and the train track. You'll quite often hear trains whizzing by. And you can tell it's got 52 people because it's a large room. It's, very it's a big room. Nice uh-huh. and echoey. Uh-huh. This is our buying department. This is where the people make all the decisions about the products that we sell for Green City. So you're an ethical wholesaler, mostly vegan products. You mentioned that that is rising in popularity now, but when Green City started, I guess that was more of a out there concept. Where do you think that drive for that ethical focus comes from or why is that so important to the Green City ethos? Well, Green City started in 1978 by four people who have sadly all now left Green City and they've all moved on with their lives. But there are quite a few people who have been here close to 30 years. So a lot of people, once they start, don't leave. Yeah, the whole idea was to offer an alternative. I think it used to be a much more radical thing to do, to be vegetarian or, well, to be vegan was even more radical in the 70s. But it was just about helping people that chose to live a sort of slightly more gentle existence and to cook for themselves. Part of the slow food movement, we've always sold whole foods, we've always sold pulses, oils and so on, to encourage people to maybe step aside from convenience food, which is obviously now much more prevalent than it was in the 70s and the 80s. But that's always been what we've been about, I suppose the word whole foods implies heavily that you're cooking from the very beginning or from scratch as people call it and we've always been about that and trying to encourage people to think a bit more about where the food comes from and yeah just to enjoy the pleasure of cooking and it's a lot healthier I mean anyone with any sense knows that food that's cooked especially organic food a massive part of our offering is organic as well so people cooking organically from the beginning themselves is infinitely healthier and also much more economical as well than convenience food, which are much more the norm these days. Also, with the emphasis on the, the ethical side, we were very much involved in the fair trade movement. I think we were the first wholesaler to introduce fair trade peanut butter. Now, this is before my time. I started at Green City nine years ago. But as far as I'm told, I think sometime in the early 80s, we were involved in importing fair trade peanut butter. So we've been right at the very start of the fair trade movement in Scotland. We've been there. And if we're selling chocolate, the coke will have to be fair trade. If we're selling tea or coffee, it will of course be fairly traded and so on and we like to think that we're a big part of that movement because it is as important now if not more so than ever for example there was a chocolate that we were selling that there was found to be some child labour in the production lines almost instantly we had to move away from that because we couldn't call ourselves an ethical wholesaler whilst continuing to sell something that was even questionable so we try and where possible sell products that have the fair trade logo on them because that way we know that we can hold our heads up high and say we're not involved and we're not profiting in any way from slavery of children so we're going to walk through this is the canopy for the storage of the larger goods um cleaning products and so on that don't need to be stored indoors but they're under a cover and there's our forklifts that are all charged up and ready we've got electric forklifts now we've joined and then we're going in through the big flaps and into the main warehouse we've got the people picking the orders for tomorrow mm-hmm. which will all go out in the trucks on the friday deliveries across the country hi ash morning morning 
Um, if you take a walk up this aisle, unfortunately, we don't have smell of it. And this is the herbs and spices mm. aisle. It does okay. smell amazing in here. Yeah, like got a really nice carried smell going exactly, on. Exactly. Yeah, that's um, my favourite aisle. So. Uh, yeah, we're approaching the manufacturing department where the team of manufacturers basically they bag down from large sacks into the small green city sack. And I will go and ask them if it's okay if we come up. Yeah, sure. Sorry, just for a wee second. So this is how we seal our bags. It's really great to hear about all of your different ethical standards and it does make me very excited to be here in the Green City Whole Foods building. And since this is a walking tour, maybe just to get a bit more of a sense of where you're placed in terms of the East End. You've been here since 1983. How do you think being in this location and part of Glasgow affects how you feel coming into work or how you engage with the different organisations around you. As you'll have noticed when you came in, Talia Green City is tucked away in a, an unusual corner of the East End opposite the Hovis factory, but we're also behind two fairly sectarian pubs. My husband used to work here and when I first came to visit him, I was aghast at how many flags I saw. It reminded me a little bit of growing up in Belfast, which I thought it left behind when I moved to Glasgow, but sectarianism is alive and well, sadly, in this area. And you could be intimidated by that. As I say, it's not as scary as Belfast, so I'm not frightened of it anymore but it's quite unusual to come along and turn down Fleming Street and then come to this little beacon of light for people it's because it's so multicultural it's diverse we've got people from all walks of life and all persuasions and it's like a rainbow coalition of hippies and anarchists and punks and crusties and just alternative people there are also studios we own the building here we rent out the floors upstairs and we've got some really interesting characters coming in and out upstairs People you just wouldn't expect to meet when you turn down the street, which I love. I absolutely love the diversity that Green City brings to this area. We've got like music studios upstairs. We've got painters workshops. We've got people doing comics and magazines and we've got people printing T-shirts. And it's all fairly lefty stuff, which you wouldn't necessarily see in other parts of Duke Street. And it keeps things interesting. And it feels like a safe area for people of different persuasions because a lot of parts of the city can feel a bit divided or a bit sort of unsafe. And I feel that this corner of Deniston is great. And I feel like it's quietly holding its own against the divisiveness of the bars and the, the sort of, you know, divide people, which is ultimately people don't want to be divided. That mentality of it's us versus them, we're going to put up this flag and we're going to intimidate people from a different community. You kind of leave that behind when you cross the threshold in the Green City because everybody's just, there's no football colours, there's no flags, apart from maybe a rainbow flag, but there's none of that. Everybody's welcome. We speak Gaelic here. We've got people that bring their dogs into work. Just people that are totally left to centre and they're all very, very welcome here. And in terms of you were mentioning there, your outreach work and making donations to people in the area, do you feel like that helps you connect with your community as well, if you want to say a bit more about that? 
A lot of people don't know we're here because we don't really have a massive sign. We are hoping to get a mural done at the front of the building at some point. But as I say, there's just no competing with the guys out front, which is kind of funny, really. We don't need to compete with them. We're doing our own thing. But yeah, of course, there's a few food banks in the area that we donate to. There's one called Drill Hall Pantry. I think it's our closest food bank, although you wouldn't know because there's so many of them, sadly, at the moment. Now, that's not a food bank as such. It is a pantry, meaning people pay a small amount and then get their food and they can pick various items for, I think it's two pounds or something we've been contacted by those guys and I've got to know them quite well and when we have surplus food I will maybe once a fortnight or once every three weeks I'll bring a big donation round of things that we can't sell they're like a day past sell by or potentially I think we guarantee our customers seven days if our customers wants to buy something they'll need at least seven days to sell it so once we get within that we can either take it home ourselves or use it in our Green City kitchen when that's open. And also we can give it to the community, which we like to do because obviously people that need the food most are presumably the people that are using the pantries and so on. Now we do a monthly donation as well. We give away approximately £500 worth of food every month to a charity or a community group. Now, we try and spread that out across Scotland and the north of England where we have customers because obviously we want people in all the areas that we cover. However, as the Glasgow rep and because I look after the Glasgow customers whenever it's my turn to offer the donation, which is about once every three or four months. I will always choose a Glasgow-based charity or community group. And we've done that with the Baltic Street Playground, for example. We've given donations to, we've got Garnet Hill Community Centre, the multicultural event. We'll be doing that one quite soon. We did Refugee as well in the city centre, which is a charity quite close to my heart. And we gave them donations of toiletries and so on for people in hygiene poverty, which is another massive problem for people, especially people arriving in the city. So yeah, we make donations. And when people request donations, we'll always have a discussion and see if it's viable. In fact, I can't think of any time when we've said no, to be fair. So yeah, we try our best to keep things within the community. But as a national wholesaler, we do obviously give donations to people a bit further than Glasgow. But mainly, as I say, I look after the Glasgow people as well as I can. Well, thank you for those fantastic answers and giving us a little insight into Green City Whole Foods and your place in Glasgow's East End. For the final stop on our good food trail of the east end of Glasgow, we're at Chalantano's. I'm joined by Anna. Anna, would you please introduce yourself, say a little bit about what you do here. I know you're a co-founder. Also, if people haven't heard of Chalantano's, just to say a little bit about what you do. So I'm Anna, I'm co-founder of Chalantano's with my husband Dean. So Dean's the chef and I'm managing director. So I was the manager of the restaurant, had a baby, um, so now I'm kind of behind the scenes. But Celentano's is an Italian-inspired restaurant. So we kind of work in a traditional way in terms of menu format. We've got snacks, premies, secondes, and desserts, obviously. But we use all seasonal and local produce, so it's not necessarily traditional Italian flavours. We use a lot of fermentation or preservation so that we can get the most out of a vegetable. So we work on zero waste. We make as much as we can in-house. So we make our own pasta, we make our own breads, we make our own cheese, and then any byproducts. So whey, for example, for making cheese, we then use that for pasta sauces. We like to use whole animals instead of just certain cuts. So yeah, very low waste mentality. 
And same goes in the bar, so whatever's in season in terms of fruits or even sometimes vegetables, we use them in cocktails. So we make syrups out of them or liqueurs. So yeah, it's quite a nice circular mindset that we've got in terms of working kitchen and bar. The idea was kind of born out of our honeymoon, I guess. So we went to Italy, travelled around Italy. We always knew we were going to open a restaurant, probably going to be Italian because we love Italian food. And Dean's done some Italian food before worked in Italy for a bit so yeah it was kind of born out of our honeymoon we talked about it a lot and then we heard a song by an Italian singer called Adrian Chilentano which kind of made the name come to life so that's that's it well congratulations on bringing it from that dream on your honeymoon uh, yeah, to an actual it's been a long time but you know, it's, yeah it's amazing I guess a few of the things that you were mentioning there around making things in-house, the yeah. seasonality, the zero waste, all of those things are part of the reason why you're included in the Glasgow Sustainable Food Directory. Yes. I wonder if you could say a little bit more about why that was so important for you and why that was something that you wanted to include. I guess yeah. it's more work for you. It can be, yeah, it can be kind of in the initial setup, I guess, and kind of training people to be in that same mindset. I think it wasn't really even a conscious decision of ours. Dean has always worked that way, for a long time anyway. So we used to live in London and he set up quite a few restaurants for another restaurant here in London. And they've always worked that way. So he is really quite strict and using as much as possible and not wasting anything. So it was just natural that was what we were going to do. But yeah, it can be quite a lot of effort, but it saves the planet for one but also saves a lot of costs once you're set up so as i said earlier things like byproducts end up being your most important ingredient so whey for example from making cheese and butter we can make that all but then whey is used in so many other ways so we can use it in cocktails it's like a thickener or something like that to make things a bit more creamy we use it in pasta sauces as i said so we don't use cream in pasta sauces like at all. It's all whey so that it's all byproducts. I always feel like it actually tastes a lot nicer. It can taste like better because everything's natural. And I guess it's interesting, I was going to ask and you answered it already, that it is good from an ethical point of view or making yeah. it more sustainable for the environment but also gives you all those benefits in terms of flavour. So yeah. it's great to hear that it's doing both of those things yeah. as well. And I think in terms of cost, it saves on costs buying things in obviously. It does increase labour for the team, but I actually think it ends up making their job more interesting. Like they learn loads, and it gets people really involved because they're seeing the whole process. So I think it's a bit more exciting. We also grow herbs and some vegetables in our garden, a tiny garden, but a garden nonetheless. So we make the most of it. So we've got loads of herbs that chefs pick daily, using the bar as well to infuse things. So yeah, it makes it more exciting. So you're like, right, what have we got to stay? What can we do? Yeah, fab. So my final question, since it's a virtual walking tour and we want to kind of situate it in the East End, I mean, it's a beautiful building that you're in and the downstairs space you've got is really lovely and totally complements your food amazingly. But I wonder how do you feel that either the kind of location in this part of Glasgow or the building that you're in. It says on your website, right, it's quite a historical building. It used yeah. to be a women's hostel, so... Yeah, it used to be, it's like a halfway house for women coming out of prison, but the women coming out of prison were, like, suffragettes, basically, so I quite like the story, to be honest. Yeah, that's but really cool. And, yeah, I mean, it's quite an important area of Glasgow. Like, unfortunately, it's almost been forgotten about for quite a long time, but I think it's more kind of up and coming and people are realising that there is so much history 
history around this area. The cathedral, the necropolis, it's really lovely views. And we were nervous to come because it's definitely a destination restaurant. But I think when people come here, they're like, oh, wow, didn't know this was here. This is amazing. And yeah, I mean, it's been like a big building to try and settle into. But now we're in the swing of it and we're like, I think it's got a little character. It's nice. Yeah, it really is amazing, and yeah, the setting of the bits around and yeah. the building itself, yeah. Is there anything else you feel like is important to say or that you think we've missed? So just say, maybe keep an open mind if you're coming to Chill and Tannos. We're not traditional. I think some people see Italian and think what they would see as traditional Italian in terms of like big ones, pasta and things like that, but we're not fine dining, but the chefs put a lot of effort into making everything as fresh as possible. So we really pride ourselves on the quality of our food, and obviously the chefs do amazing work the food is delicious and the cocktails and wine so yeah keep an open mind and hopefully you'll enjoy a little bit of a different italian experience well Rob, thank you so much anna for taking some time out of your day to chat to me and yeah thank you thanks for listening to our good food tour of glasgow's east end if you're interested in listening to more tours around glasgow check out the others listed on glasgow doors open days guide go account available all year round